Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Courtside with Kurt podcast. I'm a Standard Times digital editor, Brennan Curie, and I'm here with longtime Cops and Courts reporter, Kurt Brown. And today we're going to be talking about the long, very interesting saga of Donald Webb, who spent uh, at one point a record amount of time on the FBI's uh, most, top ten most wanted list and uh, recently was discovered buried in a backyard here in Dartmouth, Massachusetts. It, it, it is a, a strange story, to, uh, to, to be sure. Uh, it has so many twists and so many turns, and um, I... I, I Probably going to start with, with saying that there is. Um, so the the Standard Times th- this week uh, got the results of the uh, search warrant by the state police. We got it from Boston Municipal Court. Uh, it is over sixty pages. It is just voluminous. It also includes um, uh, affidavit from the Pennsylvania State Police about their investigation shortly after the. Uh, December 4th, 1980, uh, killing of Saxonburg uh, Police Chief Gregory P. Adams. Uh, but It kind of laid out a whole timeline oh, of sure events did. here, and you've been pouring over these documents mm-hmm. for the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a story right now on SouthCoastToday.com, but let's kind of break down the timeline for people, because it's kind of sure. been a confusing case, I think, in some instances. So we'll start in 1979. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, Donald Webb is a fugitive already. Uh, for a burglary in New York State. That is correct. He uh, he was uh, on the run. He had been on the run for about a year for a burglary in Colony, New York area. On December 14, 1979, a federal warrant was issued uh, charging him with unlawful flight to avoid uh, uh, a prosecution. Uh, so we'll lead right up to the uh, killing of Chief Adams. Um, so that's December 4th, 1980, in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. Right, but just prior to that, according to the Pennsylvania State Police, um, that they had talked to some of his criminal associates, and they had told them that uh, he was determined that he was not going to go back to jail. He was not going to go back to prison in any way. So that gives you, I thought that was particularly revealing. Into his mindset at the time. Correct, exactly right. It gives you his mindset at the time. And and he knew that he had a warrant against him. And so uh, we have the police chief, Gregory Adams, who, uh, who stops him. For run, just running a stop sign. That is correct. Um, down, I guess, close to or down the street from the only jewelry store in town in Little That's Saxonburg, right. Pennsylvania. Near an Agway store. Oh, there you go. That's, uh, people picking up their feed and seed. And uh, so he gets pulled over, and then there's some type of altercation. There is. I'm not sure it's quite clear exactly mm-hmm. kind of how it goes down. But the police chief ends up uh, both shot and beaten with a blunt Badly object. Beaten, correct. And uh, it's believed that Webb is shot in the leg in the process of this That's, altercation. Right. There is a witness who uh, who sees his leg wet, according to the court documents, between the knee and the ankle. Um, 
the uh, blood that matches the type of, um, of, of web uh, is found in in the uh, police chief's vehicle. Uh, the uh, web uh, blood that is believed to be from Webb is found on the radio uh, in the vehicle. The radio handset from the police cruiser was ripped um, out of the car. Out of the car. Um, during the uh, this murder, uh, one of the interesting things about it is that uh, Donald Webb was using the name of Stanley Portras, P-O-R-T-A-S, according to court documents. And that is his the name of his wife's first husband. That's Lillian Webb's first husband. That's correct. So it's just bizarre, the, the, uh, the way this case is unfolded. Uh, his rental 1980 Mercury Cougar is found in Warwick, Rhode Island. Warwick, Rhode Island, and uh, and then the gun was also found. Correct at the scene. Um, it, it was a twenty-five it, revolver. It was, and it was positively identified as a murder weapon. It matched um, uh, shell casings and uh, bullets. And so at that point, the case kind of goes cold. Correct. As public, as far as the public is concerned. That is correct. And so from that point on, what we're learning is just coming out now. That's and so the next step that we know of where he was, was he was in Toby Hospital. That's in, right. In uh, Wareham for four weeks under a fake name, John something. Uh, John, last name unknown. Last name unknown. Yeah. Um, now this comes from um, his ex-wife. She did divorce him at some point, uh, Lillian Webb. She said that he came back uh, to uh, Massachusetts with, quote, a severe leg injury. It doesn't say that he came back with a gunshot wound, but it certainly indicates that he had some kind of complications from the um, uh, altercation and, and being shot in the leg. Um, he is. He remains at Toby. Uh, yesterday, I talked to South Coast Hospital officials, and they could e- neither confirm nor deny uh, Lillian's um, uh, recollection of this. They said they only keep. They're only required to keep patient records for twenty years, and if they and had thirty-seven years ago, correct. If they had um, patient records, they highly doubt that they. Uh, do, that they do have them. Uh, so, and so then that's kind of the last... Uh, they moved to 275 Hawthorne Street in right, New Bedford. Right, in New Bedford, right. And they lived there till 1997. Um, then uh, Lillian buys uh, a home on Maplecrest Drive in Dartmouth seven years later, according to court documents, in 1997. Um and so now you've been out to that house, and there's kind of a good idea of way, why maybe that house uh, stood yeah. out to her, and that it, was because partially because of the coverage in the backyard and the yes, trees around it. it. Yeah, I, when I was out there on Friday, I was going around. I went around the neighborhood. I was trying to get a shot of where authorities were digging the night before, and so I went to the four corners of the uh, house. I didn't go on the property. Uh, but I couldn't see in, and it was all because of these tall Aphrodite uh, trees. And I looked around the neighborhood, 
And they were the only ones that had these trees. And so I became fascinated. So I made a mental note that before I left the, of that neighborhood, I was going to drive around there and see if I could find anybody else who who uh, had. And uh, no, they did not. I, so that was kind of a, the most uh, protected uh, secured house in the neighborhood that you couldn't see into the backyard, you, you know, it maybe gave them a little chance to move around if possible. And in the in in the affidavit for the search warrant, the state police make a mention about how ideal, and, and they make a mention of the Aphrodite trees, that they're taller than any of the homes in the area, yeah. that it would be a perfect place for, uh, a perfect place for, for um, Donna Webb to hide. So they moved there in 97, there and that's 97. The, the same year that he apparently suffers two strokes. Uh, right? there's, a, there's a first stroke, and after that he, uh, he gives his wife Lillian uh, some instructions. That's correct. He tells her after the, fir the first stroke left him unable to care for himself, uh, immobile. Uh, he tells his wife to begin uh, propping a spot in the backyard and digging a hole in the backyard uh, to bury him. Because, of course, they can't go to see a doctor. They mm -hmm. can't. Well, they went to Toby. Maybe they could find a way, but they can't. Yeah, but at go. this point, you know, there's computerized records and That's stuff. They're probably a little bit more nervous right. than in 1980. Law enforcement is much more advanced. Mm -hmm. And um, so so she, according to court documents, she uh, does what uh, uh, he has asked her. And then he suffers a second stroke, um, in, according to her, in 97. And that is when she um, buries, uh, uses a, a green Tupperware uh, to carry the body out to the backyard and to bury uh, his remains in the backyard. Now, the FBI disputes that a little bit. The, the date of the death. The timeline. The timeline, yeah. They said it wasn't in 97. They believe it was in 99. 99. But, uh, yeah, so either way, apparently, according to her testimony, she mm -hmm. buries him all on her own. That is correct. Digs a hole. All on her drags own. Drags the body out in this, uh, you know, I'm just personally picturing kind of one of those big Tupperwares that you use to store winter clothes or something in the basement. That's what I'm envisioning. Uh, drags him out there and then buries him, and he stays there for uh, either 18 or 20 years, depending on which timeline you go by. And, yep. And so then it seems like the next time things kind of pop up is November 2016, so about correct. eight months ago right. now. We're not quite sure what initiated it, but the FBI searched the home mm -hmm. on Maple Crest Drive, and what did they find? They found a, uh, a hidden room. Uh, it was in the lower level of the Maple Crest Drive property. Uh, it was next to a closed um, closet. It was the size of a large shower stall, according to them. It had a latch on the inside, and so they asked Lillian about it, and she said that she had it constructed when she moved in, and they asked her why she had it constructed, and she says if there was ever a burglary that she would go in there and hide. Kind of like it would be your safe room. That, that's uh, correct. The, uh, and the previous owners confirmed that that room had not existed when they yeah, sold her the house. That's right. Uh, they, the FBI took photos of the uh, hidden room. They showed them to the previous owners. The previous owners um, remembered selling the property to Lillian, but had no recollection of this hidden room. 
Now, the um, and the latch was also fairly high up on correct. the door as well. That's right. So it's uh, possibly unlikely that Lillian, who's a little shorter stature, would that's have been right. able to even reach in. That's right. The FBI says that uh, uses the word that Lillian would have difficulty uh, uh, um, securing the hidden um, <coughs> uh, the hidden door. And yeah, on the hidden door. The, the um, the FBI also found silver coins, which uh, they do not come right out and say, but there is speculation and they conjecture that uh, these might have been taken in some of the burglaries that uh, Webb is accused to have committed. And that might there, help fund his fugitiveness. That is correct. And as well as... Um, uh, Maintain his existence yeah. after he came back to Massachusetts. There was some. You can imagine Hobie House. You know, there wasn't insurance for this. That's you know, they, you know, they would have to do almost everything with cash, probably. Yeah. So, um, so after that November 2016 search yeah. on June 28th, mm-hmm. there's another search of the house. That is this correct. time by all sorts of law enforcement agencies. Yes, Pennsylvania State Police, Mass State Police, um, Massachusetts Crime Scene Services. Uh, and they leave there seizing the hidden room door, a cane, and the latches to that room. They were going to test it for uh, DNA evidence. And the cane is important going back to that leg injury. That's correct. That's believed he suffered during the altercation uh, when the uh, police chief was killed. Right, because Donald Webb needed uh, some type of device for support. Mm-hmm. And uh, so a couple of weeks after that, on uh, July 13th is when they actually, well, actually I skipped over something. Yes, so you did. Yes. Uh, so after the June 28th search, yeah. uh, Lillian Webb actually has a lawyer now at this point. That is point. correct, yeah. The famous uh, Jack Cicilline, who's represented many um, uh, mob figures, uh, brilliant, brilliant lawyer. Um, I've seen him in court many times. The uh, so she Jack Cicilline arranges for a meeting between all the parties, um, all the uh, law enforcement officials, and Lillian Webb. He has been retained by Lillian uh, as uh, her attorney. And she's now 82 years old. That's correct. So, yeah. She's, and uh, which so, would have put her about in her 60s, probably, yeah. when she was digging this hole That's and burying right. the body. But to go back to where you were. Yeah. So so she leads them to the burial site. And um, state police noted um, that the ground looked like it had been, um, uh, uh, that there had been some digging. It, it didn't look smooth and pristine like the rest of the yard. Um and uh, so then it was July 13th that they that, actually found the That's correct. That was on Thursday. Um, they also found a gun, which um, other than I don't know what evidentiary value it has because the murder weapon has already been established. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find green a green Tupperware, which according to the state police affidavit, I'm sorry, the return of the search warrant indicates that it was used to transport the body. And then the next day, they ID the body? They ID the body. It's positively... Donald Webb has been found. Donald Webb has been found. Mystery over, but many questions still remain. Absolutely. Probably, hopefully, a little bit of closure uh, for the Adams family. Um, His uh, widow is still alive Mm -hmm. and has actually sued 
That's the Webb correct. family uh, after some of the revelations with the found uh, secret room. It, it is not in these court documents, but uh, uh, Lillian Webb has received immunity from prosecution, and that was why she cooperated. She received immunity for her information. So it seemed like a lot of this was just about bringing around some closure Correct. to some extent. So, yeah. so that's where we are now. That's, that's where we uh, are. the long-sorted tale of Donald Webb. That's correct. We will be continuing to follow the story. We'll, uh, we made an effort yesterday to talk to Jack Cicilline. We'll try to speak to him again. And, of course, we'll ask him if we can speak to Lillian Webb. Well, thanks for joining us on another episode of Courtside with Kurt. And, uh, as always, you can uh, read these stories in the Standard Times and on SouthCoastToday.com. Thank you very much, Brendan. Thank you very much for uh, watching. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.